You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site, we have all the follow-up from Week 13 Sunday Action, the playoff picture, the power rankings. Those are two pieces I do there, looking at it every week. We also have my latest mock draft, looking ahead to 2022, as well as the big board. So we're already scouting for next year. We're giving you the information you need to know for this year. We're going to go all in on fantasy football here as we do all the time. Locked on fantasy football. We'll have our takeaways here from all the action that there. We saw all 12 games on Sunday. The most important things you need to know that came out of those games. The good, bad, disappointing, surprising, and otherwise here. And uh, thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, a lot of uh, stuff to go through. We had 12 games. We had uh, a couple uh, games around that Thursday with the Cowboys Saints. We also will have the close here with the Patriots Bills here. Uh, And we'll get uh, more of a regular schedule here in week 14. Let's uh, look back on week 13. Let's start in Atlanta with the Bucks-Falcons game. And uh, with this one, Tom Brady, it was a relentless throwing game for Tom Brady. We knew we were going to get one of these games at some point where they just didn't want to run the ball and saw the matchups of the passing game that they loved. So Brady was just coming out firing here. Still, Leonard Fournette got it done. He looked good as a receiver again. That's the biggest thing for Leonard Fournette. He's staying on the field over Giovanni Bernard there. He's also getting all the early touches. Ronald Jones had to exit as well. So Fournette is a big red zone threat. We know Rob Gronkowski is also that. So they work the middle of the field. Just constant just passes over the middle to Chris Godwin. He didn't score. Mike Evans didn't score. But Mike Evans just on the cusp of 100 yards. Uh, Chris Godwin well ahead of that. And Gronkowski, two touchdowns. So a lot of the Bucks offense we've seen comes from what we saw down the stretch in uh, November, December last year. Except it's without Antonio Brown. And he's not going to be here to suspension. Will they move on from him? But I think in his mind, Tom Brady has. They've used Fournette more to the backfield. A healthy Gronk changes things. Evans and Godwin it, themselves are already pretty hard as matchups as wide receiver. They just incorporate some other guys when needed. Cameron Brait and Scotty Miller and some of these other guys just to draw some attention. But just with Gronk and Evans and Godwin alone, especially when all three are healthy, that's a load. And you get Antonio Brown, the Bucks can be downright unstoppable there, so that changes things. But I think they're just adjusting the fact that they move, may move on without Antonio Brown, given all the controversy and everything that's happened here and the attention he's brought to the team. So something to keep in mind there if Tom Brady goes that way. But the principles for the Buccaneers keep getting it done. Brady, Gronk, Gronkowski, Godwin, and Evans. Now for the Falcons... Uh, Without Calvin Ridley, they've kind of settled in on Russell Gage being their number one. He had a big game last time uh, here as well. Matching Chris Godwin with a massive volume, double-digit catches, going over 100 yards. Unfortunately, he lost a fumble on a play where he could have had a lot more yards there uh, on a nice completion for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan finishes just below 300 yards. Unfortunately, no touchdowns. So whenever you get that 
round 300-yard game with no touchdowns, it's hard. But the Falcons got a touchdown from Mike Davis, of all people, early in the game from the backfield. Not Corderell Patterson. He had a good start to this game, but not enough there. And uh, the Falcons scored their other touchdown on a rando pick six there for Tom Brady, where he wasn't looking through to the defensive lineman. It was an easy score. So, again, Tom Brady was responsible for most of the points in this game on both sides here. So, Brady look outstanding. The two to Gronk, one to Fournette, one to Brady here. So, really nice game. Bounce back for Tom Brady. He's been a fantasy asset all season. So, love the way he's playing and coming through here every single week. So, Brady's locked in. Matt Ryan, fortunately, without Ridley, a lot of uh, Russell Gage, a lot of Kyle Pitts, not much else there for the Falcons. It'll be better days going forward here for them, and we'll see if Ridley will come back before the end of the season. Our next game we'll talk about is the Cardinals and Bears game. Well, let's talk quickly about the Cardinals. Kyler Murray returned. Not a lot of passing volume, but he gets it done on the ground with a pair of rushing touchdowns. Ran more than we've seen in a while, and looked good running. So we know that ankle is not an issue, hamstring, whatever. Those are not containing Kyler Murray in any way. He gets the early touchdown out to DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't really throw the ball a lot, but part of that was by design because the weather was not very good, and the Cardinals had a big lead in this one and were pretty much protecting it. So James Conner gets it done on the ground, catching and receiving. Keep in mind that uh, Chase Edmonds could be back next week, but Conner's really had a nice hold on this uh, backfield for quite a while. So Murray looked good. I'm sure we'll see more of Hopkins here uh, as we go forward in different types of matchups. They do play the Rams coming up, so you figure that's going to be a game where they're going to have to throw it a little bit more and produce there. But Kyler running well and doing that and uh, producing to help the running game and the defense smash it was fantastic to watch. For the Bears, speaking of running game, uh, David Montgomery was really the high-volume guy. They've just pretty much gone to trusting David Montgomery. The weather was also bad. Andy Dalton, not a good Quarterback in those situations had the four interceptions, but Dave Montgomery still gets it done, even with a negative game script. Gets well over 100 yards from scrimmage, gets the touchdown here, and not much in the passing game with uh, Darnell Mooney and others with Allen Robinson and Marquise Goodwin missing the game. So not much a surprise that Montgomery dominating, and I think he'll continue to do that and be a big asset for the final few weeks of the fantasy football season, the way he was in 2020. Let's go to the Chargers-Bengals game. Justin Herbert looked fantastic in this game. Just threw the ball downfield and uh, was hooking up with Keenan Allen. They jumped out. The Chargers did to a 24-0 lead. They pulled away in the second half as the Bengals rallied a little bit. Came within two points, but then the Chargers just smashed it from there. So Justin Herbert comes through with the big touchdown games. Keenan Allen with a couple scores there. Austin Eckler with the score. Mike Williams with a big game. So... The principles for the Chargers continue to get it done, and it's a pretty good matchup overall for them. So Eckler did have a little bit of a misconnection there, but he ends up still with that late score and another solid game for him. Williams comes through again, so they've worked him back in the offense nicely, and Allen becoming a bigger factor as a key possession receiver here for the Chargers. So good signs all around, good vibes for the Chargers here all season long. Now, Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow kind of salvaged it today, but it was kind of sloppy. Joe Mixon uh, couldn't get going, got a little bit banged up. The Chargers' run defense overachieved. The game script being negative didn't help Joe Mixon, but he still ends up with 54 yards and a score. Did lose that fumble. I think you could have had a much better day for Joe Burrow if his one interception had become a touchdown pass. It went into the hands of Jamar Chase. He was streaking down the sidelines. Probably should have been a Bengals score there, so Jamar Chase's game could have been a lot better. But T. Higgins goes off again. Tyler Boyd with a pretty decent game. 
So that was encouraging. This was a tough matchup for Burrow, and he played pretty well. Again, the numbers weren't overall all that pretty with the mistakes and all that, but gets a rushing score, gets a passing love here. So pretty good game overall for the Bengals. But uh, again, it was sloppy with the turnovers, and that's why they lost the game in reality, but still some pretty good fantasy numbers overall. And again, Bengals, Jamar Chase, people are trying to take him away. That's opened things up for Higgins and Boyd for sure here as the season has gone on for Joe Burrow. The next game we'll talk about in the last one in this segment, Vikings getting upset by the Lions. Vikings had a dominant game from Justin Jefferson and a pretty good game by Alexander Madison. Madison benefited from Dalvin Cook not being in the lineup with his injury with shoulder, but Adam Thielen also went down. High ankle sprain for Adam Thielen. He was ruled out of this game early. It was tough for the Vikings reality-wise to move the ball, except throwing to Justin Jefferson. What a huge game for Justin Jefferson. He dominated targets once Thielen was out. Scored the touchdown there in the end that the Vikings thought was enough to give them the victory. But the Lions marched downfield, and Jared Goff, pretty good game from him. This offense looked pretty good. Jamal Williams was effective, but what happened here was the passing game kind of opened up. So TJ Hawkinson and Goff looked pretty good. You also had Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds do some damage. Amon Ross St. Brown, we've been waiting for this breakout game for the rookie. He gets it, scores the winning touchdown, Goff with three TD passes, cutting into uh, his bad value with the turnovers. But yeah, the best I've seen the Lions offense perform all season long because they were just kind of going to the flow. They had a rhythm here. They had their two top receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown and Reynolds. You had a lot of Williams, even without DeAndre Swift, setting things up there, and Hawkinson and Goff reheating their connection here at the right time. So some promise ahead for the Lions here. We'll see how they'll be without uh, DeAndre Swift for a while, but it's good that it looked like a real offense here in the NFL, and that's what we want to see. So and Lions might have some more value than you think down the stretch. Again, it's been hard to trust, but I think St. Brown, given the way they treated him in that game, he could be in for bigger things down the stretch uh, if you waited and stashed him for this long. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch a game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got another neighbor's f- best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. It's time to continue the show looking at four more games and the results from week 13. Let's go to the Colts-Texans. Really, it's just the Colts game. This one, Jonathan Taylor, another couple touchdowns. Massive volume, 32 carries in this one. It was all Jonathan Taylor. So you had enough for Michael Pittman. He needed some rushing production to get over 100 yards there. But that's what happened. Pittman also dropped a touchdown. That could have changed the game there. Taylor ended up with that score. And Carson Wentz had the one touchdown. There, that was pretty to Ashton Doolin, but couldn't get a second one. Again, the Colts didn't face much resistance, so they pulled away at 31 nothing here. Speaking of resistance, the Texans, I mean, Tyrod Taylor gets benched. He came out late for some kind of injury, but then they just went to go to Davis Mills. So it doesn't matter who they put back there. Rex Burkhead in the backfield still didn't get it done without David Johnson. So 
One back still cannot get it done here. Without Dave Johnson, with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay long gone, Burkhead's still not very effective. It was a tough matchup we know against the Colts. Brandon Cooks is kind of being brought, dragged down as well. He was battling through an illness and playing, so this Texans offense was not at full strength. They didn't have Danny Amendola, but just an absolute mess. What a disaster of a team. It's really Brandon Cooks and hope for the best as a wide receiver three. It, it continues to be the case for Houston all season long. Houston officially eliminated from the playoff race with that loss. All right, let's uh, go to the next game, Giants and Dolphins. Let's look at the Giants. Mike Glennon started. He ended up the game with a concussion there, filling in uh, for Daniel Jones had a neck injury. Really, this was an absolute mess. I mean, Evan Ingram was the leading receiver. You had no Sterling Shepard, no Kadarius Toney. So you expected more out of Kenny Galladay. He was contained overall. Just couldn't get going here. Galladay had a big opportunity. He's wasted it completely here. So Ingram is the only real reliable receiver right now, just because of his volume and just the shorter to intermediate passes, but still not a lot to see there. He was somewhat fantasy viable. No touchdown, anything like that. But this Giants passing game, just forget it. It's been a mess ever since Shepard and and Tony kind of got hurt together. You're not seeing a lot of Derek Slayton. You're not seeing much of Galladay here. So very disappointing overall in the passing game, and Mike Lennon didn't do any favors. You're also seeing Devontae Booker out of necessity needing to have a bigger role. I really like Saquon Barkley to have a big game. I think he was rather productive, but you also saw Booker get some key touches and cut into it a little bit. Part of it is that they were looking for somebody to spark this offense a little bit. Booker at least has done that at times this season, but it's pretty ugly with this Giants uh, offense for sure. And uh, again, one thing we thought we could count on Barkley volume, but if Booker's going to cut in, that's more of a committee. That's also a disturbing trend here for Barkley's production. The Dolphins are just fine. Miles Gaskin is not. He cooled off, but that's because Tua Tagovailoa is looking really good with his wide receivers. You had Devontae Parker come back. He was pretty solid there. Jalen Waddle, 9 for 90, leads the team again in receiving. So Waddle's locked in as a wide receiver 3 with some upside every week if he can get in the end zone. But look solid for him. Devontae Parker looked pretty involved, as well as Mike Gusecki. So this is what they want to do, open up the passing game a little bit with Tua. He's responding well with the completion percentage. Got a couple touchdowns in this one. So again, Miles Gaskin is not necessarily what this team wants to do as much. The Giants are pretty tough up front, so maybe they avoided that a little bit. But look at Tua getting it done. I mean, because of the way he's playing... Waddle, Gusecki, and now Parker are all relevant in fantasy football. So something to keep in mind there. If you were looking for some wide receiver help, Parker was definitely involved quite a bit with those other two, Waddle and Gusecki. Let's go to the Eagles-Jets game. Gardner Minshew gets a start. Uh, we were worried about uh, the status of Jalen Hurts. It looked like he was going to go. Then something happened where he was definitely not going to go. So Minshew comes in, treats Dallas Goddard like God. He... Throws to him downfield all over the field. Goddard responds with two touchdowns. This was after a game with Hurts that he had one catch for no yard. So Dallas Goddard awakened the sleeping giant, so to speak, here with the Minshew. And they just had a good connection there downfield. Not a lot from anything in wide receiver, but the Eagles were running the ball well. We told about the correlation between if you run the ball well and throw to the tight end, it's usually going to be effective against the same defense. And that's what happened here. The Eagles opened up the middle of the field with Goddard. Had no trouble running. Miles Sanders pounds out 120-plus yards in this game. Boston Scott was batting an illness, so he wasn't in the mix. Jordan Howard was already out with a knee injury. So you had Kenneth Gainwell back in the trust of the Eagles offense. There was a change of pace there. And when uh, Sanders was hurt later, Gainwell got a few more touches. So 
So Gainwell actually gets a touchdown. Sanders has a decent game, but not working with passing game. He also ends up the game with an ankle injury here. But looking at that, I mean, it uh, was a good development there for the Eagles and uh, how they really responded with Gardner Minshew there. So we'll see if uh, Hertz can return. They do have a bye week coming up, so I'd expect Hertz will be ready to go after that. But we'll see if they want to pivot to Minshew. I think if part of it was the matchup against the Jets that uh, Hertz might have had some, some similar success here running and passing, so something to watch there. But uh, Sanders goes into bye. We'll see how this uh, backfield reshuffles here. I assume he'll still be the number one with Gainwell being more of the change of pace versus Scott or Howard after the break. On the other side of things, uh, Elijah Moore keeps getting it done as the Jets' number one wide receiver really all over the field. Corey Davis getting hurt again helps Elijah Moore's cause here, so a lot of stuff to look at there. And look, for better or for worse, Tevin Coleman is their lead back. It isn't pretty. He's not putting a lot of numbers, but hopefully Michael Carter will return there. Zach Wilson has looked a little bit better, but it doesn't matter now. Elijah Moore is pretty much quarterback proof. He's getting done with Joe Flacco, Mike White, Josh Johnson, and now Wilson. It doesn't really matter. So love Elijah Moore. He's a nice player all along and really established himself as the number one offensive weapon for this team here down the stretch. Let's go to our next game. It's the Washington football team and the Raiders. Uh, Antonio Gibson, we said it was a smash spot for him, and he came through, had a receiving touchdown, was involved a lot with J.D. McKissick now playing with a concussion. He looked very good, ran hard. The Raiders' run defense kind of wilting. So Gibson is fine. He's going to be an RB1, I think, the rest of the way here, the way they're using him, the way he's playing. Unfortunately, they lost Logan Thomas to a, another injury. He had the hamstring. He's just coming back from that. He tore his ACL and piece. In MCL, so he's out for the season here just as he was getting back. Remember, Ricky Seals Jones was already on the shelf. Not a lot from Terry McLaurin, he was contained here, but they probably will lean a lot on McLaurin and Gibson going forward here with Heineke, Taylor Heineke playing well. He had a couple of touchdowns in this game, one to Thomas before he went down and one to Gibson late, but Gibson is the man again. Another back that's really reemerged is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Derek Carr is putting up some empty numbers here. Part of it is not having. Any more deep threat that's reliable with Henry Ruggs III gone, a, uh, Brian Edwards and Deshaun Jackson being sporadic there, so not much there. And not having Darren Waller is also hurt here. Foster Moreau didn't make one big catch here, but not a lot of that passing game. The Raiders are finding a little bit more success. And Jacobs will have greater value now that definitely a fractured uh, ankle there for Kenny Drake. He's out for the rest of the season here, so Jacobs... Two big games in a row. He's really come on strong here at the right time for fantasy football. So, yeah, he's also like Gibson, can be trusted as an RB1 with his volume the rest of the way. So uh, we do need to talk about four more games here. We'll do that in our final segment. But I have to do remind you that this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. It's called Built Bar, filled with so many... Pieces of holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazing low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy marshmallow through and through, different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe they're filled with protein. Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavored family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. There's so many flavors of Built Bar. You'll have a hard time choosing. We'll have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. 
Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just stranding in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you the extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket up first, and you never know when you're going to need it. All you have to do to get in on Built Bar is go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Bet Online has you covered for the season. More props and odds and lines than ever before. As football season continues to the march to the playoffs, we're already here for the bowl games and CFP in college, and we're almost here to the NFL playoffs here with the picture coming into focus. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, just four more games to go through. We'll do that here right now. We have the Jaguars and Rams, another late window game along with the Washington Raiders. We had uh, two more of those games. We'll talk about Ravens, Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Jaguars, offense. Oh, what a bummer here. Laquan Treadwell is your leading receiver. Okay, well, that's fine. And James Robinson loses a fumble there because Aaron Donald forced it, so they bench him for Carlos Hyde. This is just getting terrible. You couldn't even get 150 yards passing from Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer are doing here, but it's pretty bad wasting this pick. You can't even get garbage points out of Trevor Lawrence. It's really disappointing here overall, the way the Jaguars are operating their offense. So... Bummer, nothing more to see there except let's hope they don't bench Robinson because he was the one guy that we tried to put in there. Carlos Hyde ends up with a touchdown. So annoying here. Again, Jaguars just exacerbate everyone when we talk about their fantasy football prospects. It's gone downhill. It actually started pretty well with Robinson and Marvin Jones and Levis Cachon and DJ Chark, but Chark going down, everything has been pretty bad since. Now the Rams offense pretty much had a get-well game. We like Cooper Cup. He came through. It was a cup game. Tyler Higby was decent, almost scored a touchdown, fell down at the two-yard line. That uh, touchdown went to Van Jefferson a few plays later, so Jefferson scores. Cup scores. Higby gets close to scoring in a decent game, and Odell Beckham Jr. puts the capper on it. Sonny Michelle took over the backfield. For all of you that have been holding on to Sonny Michelle, hoping that Daryl Henderson would have an injury where he had missed time, it finally happened here, and they plugged and played Sonny Michelle. He was the workhorse. He looked outstanding. Gets a touchdown. Gets uh, well more than 100 yards there and uh, does a good amount of catching here. Three catches to add to his totals here. So, love Sonny Michelle as long as Daryl Henderson's out. Pretty much one back team we've seen with the Rams. And Michelle really can benefit there. So, he could be a league winner here. We'll see if this lingers a little bit here. The thigh injury for Daryl Henderson. Now, let's go to Raven Steelers here real quick. It was pretty bad for Lamar Jackson. He's been grinding. He's getting it done rushing. He did get a late touchdown that nearly tied the game. They went for two and didn't make it. They lose 20-19 to in the game after holding a pretty big lead in this one. But Lamar Jackson missing a lot of throws, a little bit off with Mark Andrews. He's been pretty good with Marquise Brown. I think a lot of problems have been trying to force the ball into Sammy Watkins. Watkins ends up with a touchdown, but they were better off without Watkins when it was a lot of Rashad Bateman playing off Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. So... Don't know what's quite wrong with the Ravens' offense. They're still running the ball pretty well with Jackson and Devonta Freeman just kind of establishing himself as the back of choice here over Latavius Murray and everyone else they've shuffled through here. So 
Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you want more from Mark Andrews. He had a big first half, but kind of quiet in the second half. They just need a few more weapons to step up. And maybe, again, to pivot to more Batemans than Watkins would help here. When Ford, the offensive line is also doing no favors. They're not playing well at all. Alejandro Villanueva really struggling. Patrick McCarry hurt again at right tackle. So it's been tough. That's been an underrated story with the Ravens, but their offensive line uh, having issues has been really hard this season. We'll go to the Steelers, and Deontay Johnson's the story there. Chase Claypool's there, but Johnson's been the man here. Ever since uh, we've seen Juju Smith-Schuster go down, Deontay Johnson's consistent every week. This week he explodes with a couple touchdowns here. Could have had a third that was just dropped early in the game. So he's the man here. Chase Claypool making a few plays, but he's still not the big guy. They're pivoting to Deontay as the complete number one here. Chase Claypool is the more complimentary big play threat. Pat Freerbooth. Dents the end zone on a two-point conversion there. So Ben Roethlisberger playing better. This could be his last season. Najee Harris gets to 100 yards from scrimmage in this one as well. But Steelers offense kind of feeling it. Deontay Johnson every week. Going from wide receiver two to wide receiver one, the way he's being used. Chase Claypool more of a wide receiver three at this point. Freer mood should be in their lineup every week. But Steelers offense is playing pretty well. Their defense came through also in this one. Let's go to the 49ers-Seahawks game here. George Kittle dominated the Seahawks. We saw this one coming here for sure. I mean, it's a great matchup for him. The Seahawks really couldn't cover the tight end. He goes for nearly 190 yards, receiving a couple scores for Kittle. He takes over the game without Debo Samuel. That was another development. Brandon Ayuk a little bit quieter, 55 yards receiving here. So he got involved, but Kittle was just destroying it. The 49ers are also running the ball rather well in this game here. So George Kittle back. He doesn't look hurt at all. Him and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to maybe continue to dominate with Sam- while Samuel's out. Ayuk is going to be more week-to-week, and I think Ayuk has helped when Samuel's in there because it's a little bit easier to cover him, I think, when there's no attention on Samuel. So keep that in mind. 49ers backfield, Eli Mitchell looks good again. He came out of the game a little bit banged up. So did Jeff Wilson. We'll see how it uh, works out with them going forward. But Eli looked pretty good. There was no Trey Sermon in the lineup. Jermichael Hasty is healthy and available if they need him, so we'll see how that plays out. But... Again, Kittle just destroying it here since he's returned from that calf injury. On the other side of things, I think we're seeing regular things from Russell, Russell Wilson. No touchdown for DK Metcalf, but 60 yards receiving here. Tyler Lockett has been pretty good in, in Wilson's return here, but still trying to wait, get Metcalf totally going around. A lot of the attention has been on Metcalf. It's been a bit of a role reversal where Lockett has been the outside bigger play threat, and Metcalf has kind of needed to grind and get... Those plays. So he's not getting the big plays or the touchdowns. I think they'll come as, as soon as the Seahawks get on track a little bit more. Now the backfield is a total mess. They worked in Rashad Penny. They worked in Travis Homer. Homer scored on the fake punt. You had Adrian Peterson just signed off the practice squad. He scored a touchdown. So between those guys with no Alex Collins playing, it's been an absolute mess without Chris Carson. That's what we're seeing here. In Seattle, the backfield to avoid for sure. Gerald Everett, forget it. He had one good game, but then he loses two fumbles in this game. Pretty ugly performance here from Gerald Everett there at home. So Wilson getting it done a little bit, but still looking for that 300 bigger yards there in these type of games. So still a grind for Wilson, but at least he's getting it done with Lockett here for the most part. And uh, yeah, I think Metcalf is going to get going here at some point for sure. Our final game there from the Sunday night uh, game action is uh, Broncos and Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, another very quiet game. So did Tyreek Hill, and so did Travis Kelsey. So somehow they dominate the Broncos, win 22-9, but not much at all from this offense. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they kind of grinded away. Not a lot in that 
running game either. Mahomes uh, has a rushing touchdown in this game, but otherwise it was a lot of uh, Harrison Butker field goals and a defensive touchdown late by Daniel Sorensen on a pick sick of Teddy Teddy Bridgewater. But yeah, Brock, so you know, not a lot to say about the Chiefs. Mahomes has kind of been grinding at home. Maybe it's the weather, maybe it's the, the Chiefs defense is playing better. They haven't had much resistance, so they're just being careful and trying to win the games and do more in reality-wise, but for fantasy, Mahomes has been bad and dragged down Kelsey and Hill in this game, unfortunately, as well. And the Broncos' defense can be tough, but it was still rather shocking to see the limited output overall from the Chiefs' offense in this game. Mahomes also did have a red zone interception. That could have uh, changed the game a little bit if he had got that second touchdown here in the game. Now, on the other side, uh, we had uh, no Melvin Gordon, so that opened up for Javonta Williams, and they just unleashed him. He looked fantastic here. Running and receiving caps the game with a touchdown late there in garbage time. So big breakout game. We knew it could come here as soon as Melvin Gordon was out. So Gordon tried to play through his injury, but it didn't quite happen in this one. Javante Williams takes over. Broncos go run heavy. They even got a lot of Mike Boone involved when they were trailing. Uh, Mike Boone stepping up as the complimentary number two here. So what's not happening is any of the things with wide receivers or tight ends. So no fan. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, come on, guys. They're not doing anything, even with the negative game script. Teddy Bridgewater just limited in passing this game. they got to get a quarterback who's going to take advantage of these weapons that they have, but Judy should be a lot better. I think Fant should be used a lot better. You also have uh, Cortland Sutton. He's a big play threat, but you never use him or never look to him in the red zone. So very disappointing here overall for the Broncos offense, unless you had Javonta Williams Really the only thing you can feel 100% comfortable about starting. Even if Gordon is back, I love Javonta. they got to give him more touches. This guy is special with his speed, quickness, power, everything. He's got everything. He's an amazing player. Finally, finally, we get the backfield. So if you've been sitting on Javonta Williams and Sonny Michelle all the time, waiting for them to have the backfield for themselves with the running back attrition going your way, it finally goes there. So go figure. Melvin Gordon and Daryl Henderson, two guys with a lot of durability issues in the past, our last ones kind of that get limited and miss time here for you in fantasy football. So there you have a breakdown of all the games there on Sunday's action of week 13. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football, making us your first listen every day. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll go to Pickup Tuesday. We'll break down the Patriots-Bills game in brief. Then we'll turn our attention to the waiver wire ahead of week 14, the players you need to target across positions to pick up there. Now make your second listen to Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Mini Iyer. Have a great day. Good luck if you've got uh, an outcome still determined by Patriots Bills. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Look at a waiver wire. Pick up Tuesday.